Welcome to Season 1, Episode 2 of Fantasy Football Weather, guys. I want to start off with an introduction of myself. I am joining the group. My name is Colin Golzinski. I will be offering services as the host and logistics for Fantasy Football Weather, guys. Um, we have been busy the past couple weeks. We got our Twitter, at FFWeatherGuys. Again, that is at FFWeatherGuys. Please follow us for up-to-date fantasy news and weather. We've also started a YouTube channel at uh, FF weather guys and please hit subscribe and like our videos it is very important that we get followers and get the information to you the fantasy football players again um, we are the fantasy football weather guys we are incorporating weather forecasts into fantasy stats and I'll let Sean take over to give a brief intro again of what we're offering yeah, no, absolutely. Thanks, Colin. Um, so Mike and I are both meteorologists, and one of the things that really kind of hit home with us recently is we both love the weather. We both love fantasy football. Um, so we also realized that there is a huge kind of marriage between those two um, topics as well. So uh, a lot of you have had these you know, wide receivers, quarterbacks, running backs that you thought were going to do really good in one week, and then they kind of flop. And you know that may be due to because of what the weather was that day. Some uh, positions perform better in certain weather conditions and not in others. Uh, so what we're doing, as Colin mentioned, is on a week-to-week -week basis, providing you what games you need to be aware of from a weather perspective and how that could potentially influence uh, fantasy production uh, for those games and for those players. And so we've developed a, a website, uh, fantasyfootballweatherguys.weebly.com. And you'll see that we kind of rank every game for every week uh, if it needs to be a concern for fantasy production. Great. Thanks, Sean. Uh, Mike, would you like to add anything to uh, what Sean said? Yeah, sure. Hey, guys. This is meteorologist Mike Ventress. And first off, we're pumped here. We're excited to get this rolling. Um, something to keep in mind as we transition out of summer into the cold season winter, sometimes weather won't always be impactful on player production around the league on a given week. So um, I think the value here, and we can all agree on that, is when the weather starts to get more extreme in nature, that's where we'll add this value. We're gonna bring that information to you guys. So you don't have to understand, you know, what you don't have to really follow the weather in a given week. We'll provide that for you. We'll highlight those games, and we'll make sure that you're aware uh, what sorts of risks there are uh, from that weather variable. Because we know that setting your lineup on a given week is difficult enough in making those start-sit decisions. So that's what we're here to do. So as this is entering the last week of preseason, we really do not have a forecast to offer since season one of play starts September 5th. We are all very excited about, even though it's a Thursday game, but we can get excited anyway. So we're going to go to some news that has happened over this weekend. And Mike, you want to talk about the big news with Andrew Locke? Oh, man. So, yeah, as, as, as we've been playing fantasy football for you know, over a decade now, we actually got to see Andrew Locke start out as a rookie understand the amount of emotion and tout that this player was going to bring to the Indianapolis Colts. And it's just sad news to hear that he is stepping away and retiring from football. You have to under We've seen some retirements in early age, most recently with uh, Megatron and even Gronk. So do you think this is a new thing with the league that players are getting burnt out and injured and with the new regulations that they can't keep going? Yeah, I think... Sorry, sorry, Mike, just to kind of, one thing that really stood out to me is when in the press conference with Andrew Luck is he said he just didn't have the same passion and love for the game because of the in and out pain management that he had to go through on a week to week basis. So, uh, you know, it, it became too much for him. And I think like eventually he was just kind of like, 
you know, work-life balance at that point. Um, I, I want, there's certain parts of my life that I want to dedicate and be more focused on and not have to deal with the ins and outs um, of this pain that he's been dealing with the last four years, really since uh, 2016. Do, do we dare say it's the millennial attitude entering in the NFL? If it's not fun, I'm done playing? I don't think so. I, I think, you know, we're, we're becoming better aware of, of mental health and, and health of our bodies. And I think it's, it's, you know, we have to tip our hat to Andrew Luck here because he's aware enough in his life to understand that football may no longer be best for him emotionally and physically. So for him to step away from something he's driven his whole life to do, I think we have to respect that. And, and I, think it's, I think it's more of a component to understanding the, the unforeseen injuries that can happen in life and how that impacts your body. So, so we've talked about Andrew Luck as a person, but what does this do for fantasy rosters? I think we have to take it in two steps, right? Bifurcate from the leagues that have already drafted and then those who haven't. Yeah. What do you think, Sean? So, I mean, yeah, the, the big question is one of the higher drafted players was like Marlon Mack. Um, and you know, the question is, you know, what do we do with him? Are they going to be stacking the box more? You know, is T.Y. Hilton still a, a big fantasy producer? Now you're talking about, you know, Eric Ebron coming off a multi uh, or 10 plus touchdown season. Um, you know, what does this do for these players? I mean, if you're drafting Marlon Mack in the second or third round, you know, and you've already drafted, you know, how do you, you know, what do you do in that situation? I mean, I, I see you kind of hold on to him and see what happens. I still think he's going to be a heavily utilized player. I think the bigger question is, you know, T.Y. Hilton. Um, and, and who's going to be filling the shoes for Andrew Luck now? Is it going to be uh, Jacoby Brissett? Uh, Chad, I think it was Chad Kelly, who's filling in last night and, and had a really good performance. So, you know, I, I think it's still very much up in the air. So I think there, there's a good speculation in the organization that Jacoby Brissett will be the guy, right? And he still is fairly young, but I do think it offers significant downside to so the, the receivers in the game, right? T.Y. Hilton, when the year he played with Jacoby Brissett when Andrew Luck was hurt, I think he had his worst outing as a, a player performance since his rookie season. So, you know, I think his, when he had Andrew Luck there, he had an upside, maybe a top 10 upside there on a, you know, any given week. But I think as, as now Jacoby Brissett steps in, um, I think that value where he should be drafted is probably somewhere in the, in the wide receiver 30 to 25 number rather than as wow. you get into the teens. So would you draft him? If you, uh, if you saw T.Y. Hilton in the fourth round, back of the third, maybe uh, you know, early fourth, would you be taking T.Y. Hilton? I'm gonna, I think I'm a pass. I think I'm going to go with some of those younger uh, wideouts that have that upside still. Um, and uh, it's, it's, hard, it's a hard thing because there was such expectations for the Colts this year. I know some people had them winning the Super Bowl. I just don't think that's an, a realistic option now. Yeah. Not with him without QB. I mean, I think even their playoff hopes have, uh, you know, possibly, I mean, they have gone down um, at least, but I don't see them even as a playoff contender at, at this point. Um, you know, they've improved their offensive line. I think that's good news for Marlon Mack and possibly the passing game, but I just don't think they have the leadership now um, to get them there. So moving on to more bad news of the, the, the weekend, Lamar Miller out with an ACL possible tear. What does that mean for the Texans? Where do they go? And, you know, who are they going to take as a backup if they start Duke Johnson? Yeah, so uh, I think it is definitely – it's been confirmed it's a tear, um, and he's out for the season. And that's a huge blow for, for the, the Houston Texans organization now. Uh, luckily, they traded for Duke Johnson, right? So they have a backup there who has proven himself. Um, 
he was more of a third down back. So to carry the load, I think he's going to get every opportunity today. But it wouldn't surprise me if we see the Houston Texans make some kind of move here to get another running back to get some depth. Yeah, I mean, right now at backup, they have uh, Buddy Howell and Josh Ferguson. I've never even heard of these guys before. Um, I mean, obviously, they've gotten some preseason play, but Duke Johnson's the main guy. But I think they need somebody to come in there and take the workload. That's what they're used to with Lamar Miller. And Lamar Miller, I mean, we don't, we don't like to draft him very high, but he's a super consistent player. Um, kind of year in and year in, year out. I mean, he, he doesn't have the big explosive playability, but, you know, he is a consistent player on a lot of people's rosters as an RB2-3 option. So I think they got to really look at bringing somebody in here. There was some talk about I, – I know the Texans – you know, and their fans really want to think of, talk about Melvin Gordon and the possibilities there. But that's the kind of player, maybe not to that caliber, but they need to think about bringing in. Because Duke Johnson's not, you know, a workhorse three-down back. I think all of Texas right now is rooting for Melvin Gordon to get traded yeah. over to, to the Texans because you put Gordon on that roster uh, with, with Hopkins and, and, and Watson. I mean, it's just going to add a huge element to their game. So I, I think it would be really interesting – if Gordon uh, gets traded over, that would be huge. So what do we drafting? Texas, sorry, real quick, just just from a fantasy uh, standpoint, are we drafting Duke Johnson earlier now? You know, his ADP was a little bit lower, double digit rounds. Are we moving him up? Um, are we are we more bullish on Duke Johnson now? I, I, I go ahead, Mike. I, I think you have to be right. I think that uh, with you know we we see that. Fantasy football is a component of skill, but also a component of opportunity. And he has an opportunity now to move forward and become the number one. Okay. So the last thing, keep it on running backs and Texas, Zeke, what do you think is going to go on? Going to be paid as tied as the second highest, or in, in the top two, I think they said, of uh, running backs. Do you think his ego will let him sign that deal? Personally, I'm hoping, as one who has him as a keeper, that he signs the deal. But, you know, we never know nowadays. After, uh, you know, Bell with his holdout, it really shows a new age of who holds the power with the contracts with these number one running backs. Yeah, and I think a lot of, I mean, I think a lot of people have had their fantasy drafts um, already. So, you know, right now it's about risk management, quite frankly. I'm not drafting Zeke in the top four right now if I were to draft right now because there's just too much risk associated with that. Um, you know, I think Zeke, uh, Zeke's alluded to that he is still not completely happy with that with that contract that they proposed. Um, I, I know there's been some activity in social media where he's liked certain posts uh, that feel like he should be still granted more money uh, given the skill level of player that he is. So. Uh, you know, the big question is, you know, is this going to go into the regular season and how many games, kind of like the Melvin Gordon situation? Um, and I think it has the potential to do that. I think, you know, he wants to make a stand here. So I'm hoping they could come to an agreement by week one, but I'm skeptical. I, uh, I, I understand that skepticism, Sean, and, and it's, it's a real type of risk, you know, on draft day that you have to deal with. For me, I, I'm rolling the dice. I'm going with Zeke. He, you know, he has been their offense, uh, you know, for the last, what, three years, and he is putting up uh, running back one numbers every year. He's one of the most consistent players to make those types of productions, and I just don't see uh, Dallas walking away from Zeke. I, I think they're going to try really hard to make that contract work, and also with the news with Amari Cooper now and his injury with his feet, uh, you know, I, I think there's less of a 
um, there's, there's more risk for Dallas to invest in Amari Cooper uh, rather than have Zeke as their, as their true workhorse and, and sort of facilitate that off, offense through. So on draft day, if Zeke's their number four, I'm taking him. Not to, not to spoil the pot of this conversation, but I, I tend to have a view that I'm getting a little upset of these renegotiation contracts in football. I don't think it's fair that the player holds the power that when they have good seasons, they get to renegotiate. What happens if they have a bad season? Do the team then get to renegotiate and pay them less? Yeah, it's, it's something that we're seeing happen more and more, uh, especially um, in recent years. And um, I think that there's a component to a better education about how, how football can deteriorate your body, right? And how the wear and tear on a body and what the long-term impacts are. And, you know, it is unfair to the owners and the organizations to have to deal with this. And, and, um, but I'm, I'm all in support of the players. I think they have the right to make these demands. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I'm just – the thing with Zeke that I'm a little bit upset about is, you know, he's had pretty consistent off-the-field issues. So there's a little bit of a risk there. And, you know, they are proposing to make him the second-highest RB in the league. Um, so I don't know if there's being, if he's being a little bit too greedy, um, you know, on this point. Unfortunately, this is something that we're seeing more of, to Mike's point. Uh, RB's shelf life are not very long. Um, I mean, it's hard for them to hold up, especially the workhorse load like a Zeke provides. They're not in the league for, you know, 10, 15 years. So they're trying to cash in as much as they can, which, you know, I respect and I understand. But, you know, it's a real balancing act as to, you know, making sure you're getting paid and getting compensated, but also making sure you're not a detriment um, to the rest of your team. Because if you're not there and you're that caliber player, you know, it's going to have a large impact. So for next week, you know, we, we like to talk about the news and the players. We also will incorporate weather. That's very important from our platform since we are the fantasy football weather guys. Mike, would you want to just talk about anything um, informational for our fans to understand what the weather conversation would look like in fantasy? Yeah, sure. So we are, you know, when weather is going to play a role here, in, in, at least when we expect that to, um, we're going to focus on those games uh, where there's extremes in weather, right? If there's going to be some kind of heavy rain event during the game or potentially snow as you get into the winter season, or even like strong winds or really cold temperatures. These are all things that has, you know, some statistics now you can find uh, that, that you, you know, impact these player productions. I think there's uh, statistics out there that suggest during these extreme weather events, there's like 4% reductions in, in, in quarterback production as well as wide receiver production there actually can be some positive spins from weather as well. Um, I think as the, as the season progresses and matures, though, we'll really get more involved with the weather component, however, compared to early on in the season. Yeah, just to kind of add to that, currently, you know, we're, we're trying to build a model right now that's going to help us provide as much value as we can uh, for your fantasy league. So, you know, if, if you're going in and you know we're going to be having 30-mile-an-hour winds and heavy rain, and you're like, what do I do with my running back? Is this a good thing or a bad thing? We're going to have numbers there, and we're going to have a blog post within our website for certain players that we feel are at the greatest risk. So, you know, if you're wondering, like, hey, what kind of positions are more, most influenced by this weather, don't worry. We're going to cover that within that blog post uh, every single week, depending on, you know, what games we're most concerned about. Great. And, again, our, our weather um, – fantasy football site is again www.fantasyfootballweatherguys.weebly.com and again you can follow us on twitter at ffweatherguys 
And our YouTube channel, I misspoke, is Fantasy Football Weather Guys, not FF Weather Guys. Um, so please follow us. Please hit subscribe. Please like the videos. We'll try to push out content weekly for you and update as the weather changes. Yeah, very good. Also, I just want to add one more thing. We have a mailbag on our website. We want to constantly improve and, you know, make this more entertaining and interesting for you, uh, for your fantasy league, uh, for your fantasy team. So if you have any feedback for us, please write us an email, give us feedback. Um, again, we're here for you. So.